Blog Talk Radio.
the name of Amen, the Supreme, the all-powerful, the one and only true Lord, and Amen we trust. As the Republican intellect, the real 144,000 is being gathered in this day and time in the third dimension, the 144,000 of Amen. Good evening. I'm your host, the intellectual Nubian Minkari. This is Mentelect Radio, and tonight we're going to be discussing why different movements are for different generations. <sighs> Simply, different times call for different measures. You ever heard that phrase, different times call for different measures? What does that mean? That means that, well, before I start, am I coming in clear? I need to know if I'm coming in clear. Let me make sure I'm coming in clear. All right. Make sure I'm coming in clear. want to make sure. All right. All right. As I old saying goes, different times call for different measures. And what does different measures actually mean? the measures and activity, mental activity that you're going to convey at said time, you know, for different actions, different things that's going on, different situations, circumstances, how people are, the environment, depends on the level of intelligence that is unleashed into the atmosphere. You know, we came, you know, we came up from a lot of different movements from the 20th century, from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam to Dr. Malachi Z. York, and the Nuwapians all the way up to Nubin Minkari and the Republican intellect. Now, because I don't count Nobles Riley and I don't count Marcus Garvey, it's because they were trying to get us focused on other places when we were supposed to be focused on the place that we were in, the space we were in, which is America, which is really our home. Marcus Garvey tried to get us to talk about going back to Africa. We didn't come from Africa. We are native to this country. And like I said, that's factual. That's not any opinions anymore. That's not any belief anymore. That's factual. If at this point you still think the so-called black people in this country are African-American or Africans or have anything to do with Africa, you need to go back to the drawing board and do your research because only the slow-minded, the ones who are still dragging behind in the 20th century, believe that our people were brought over here into this country on slave ships, right? Were brought over here on slave ships and brought into a whole nother environment when the reality, the truth is that we were always here and the Caucasians just came and took our territory, took our country, which is America. We are the ancient Americans, the Mesoamerican people. We are those people. We are the descendants of the Aztec, the Inca, the Mayan, and the Olmec people here in this country. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We did not come from any Africa. That's a lie. But a lot of People from that time frame from the 20th century, they were taught that lie, and they lived by that lie. And many of these organizations that were started in the 20th century still stand on that lie that we were brought here into America on slave ships. So we cannot continue to perpetuate that lie if we're going to have a straightforward shot toward evolution in the future. We must be fully truthful about our origins in this country, where we actually came from, who we are, everything. We don't got no time for beliefs. We ain't got no time for beliefs or trying to match up religions and philosophies and beliefs with other races of people. No, we have to have our own thing. We have our own thing. And it's based on us, who we are, as the bright race, as the bronze race, as the copper-colored races here in the Americas, right? Right? Even though, like I said, we at one point in time were 
in control of this whole planet, all regions, all territories within this on this uh, continent, on the in the supercontinent. We were the first of everything, the first Europeans, the first Africans, the first Americans, the first you know wherever, the first Middle Easterners. That was us. That's factual. That's not belief. That's factual. We were the first in all of these places, but especially here. And because we are here, and the focus has always been here, the rising of the elect have been here, movements have come to evolutionize our way of thinking, and the movements have always come from America. That's no coincidence. Name me anything, name me any movement from this century or the 21st, from the 20th century or this 21st century, name me any place on earth where our people are being raised up other than America. You name me a place. It always starts in America. It starts in America, then makes its way all around to the globe. You know, we start, everything starts in America, like Donald Elijah Muhammad did. He started in America. Now you have people in the Nation of Islam. You had Nation of Islam chapters in the UK. You had Nation of Islam chapters in, or in Africa and different parts of Africa and all over the place. Mexico, you had different Nation of Islam territories. Same thing with the Nuwabians or the Ansars and Dr. York. He started out here in America, and then you start seeing Ansars in Trinidad, Haiti, places like that who are reading the books. So, and, the U, and, of, and, of course, the U.K., Africa, places in Africa where the Ansars were, but it started here in America. Now, here I go, Nubim Minkares in the 21st century, because the Republican Mental Health is a 21st century movement, the first and only 21st century movement, right? We're starting off giving the whole reality of our uh, of our lineage, our bloodline, and our race here on this planet and in this country that is being ignored or neglected by people who still have a 20th century mind. Again, reason why I didn't mention Marcus Garvey is because he was trying to get our people to go back to a place in which we didn't come from in the first place, which was Africa. So his mission was already off. His mission was off. To try and get us to go back to Africa, but Marcus Garvey himself never even went to Africa. What does that tell you? To anybody that's trying to get us to point our direction and our attention away from where we were born and bred at here in this country, don't trust those people. Anybody in this damn time is telling you that we're supposed to be um, going back to Africa or that we came from Africa. Don't trust those people. Now, back in the 20th century, you know, movements like, you know, the Nation of Islam and the Wabians or Ansar Allah. You know, they had that knowledge of, you know, they, they learned like everybody else that we come from, you know, uh, uh, Africa, or whatever. The, even though the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said the Asiatic black man, Asia, and Dr. York said the Middle East and things like that. And he also, then at the end of his run, he started saying Native American. And he started mentioning the Olmec and the Aztec. So Dr. York got off of the Africa thing and got more into the ancient American thing. He started getting off in that. You see, he started to get off in that, but it was toward the end of his reign because prior to that time, everybody knew Dr. York was talking about going back to Africa at certain parts. He was talking about so all these things about Africa and the red, black, and green, and at one point he was uh, linking up with that. Then he got on to the Native American thing, and, you know, so now we're picking up where, where he left off at. Now we're picking up where he left off. We're not doing a reverb of that. Again, those other movements like Noble Drali, he focused on, you know, 
Arab Islam. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad focused on Freemasonic Islam, which was better for our people at that time and cleaning them, up, cleaning them up and organizing them. So it made his movement perfect for that time frame from 1930 to the 1970s. His, his movement was perfect. The message, the messenger's movement and the teachings of the nation of Islam was perfect for that 40-year time frame. It was on point. You know, giving us Freemasonry because a lot of our people were familiar with Freemasonry. Our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers, our grandmothers, you know, they, our grandfathers, great-grandfathers were Freemasons, but a lot of them were Freemasons anyway. <laughs> and our grandmothers were Eastern stars, right? They were in the Masonic Lodge or they was involved in some way, shape, or form with the Masonic Lodge. So when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad introduced Islam as a way to get our people out of Christianity, because Christianity had totally decimated our people mentally by getting us to follow a Caucasian Jesus Christ, a white Christ, and, you know, further indoctrinating our people with that slave mentality, right? Making us like boys and girls. The teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad cleaned our people up, raised our people up, and gave them a future to look forward to and the hereafter, meaning the hereafter this time frame, even though they taught at one point that, you know, oh, there's no hereafter, there's no heaven and place like that. We hear and that's it and we live and we die. Like I said, I understand the reason why the messenger taught that, but that wasn't really the case. I'll go into that later about the hereafter and whether the nation of Islam, now be like Muhammad, believes in a hereafter or a world after. However, he taught what he taught for that 40, 40 years was excellent for the upliftment of our people, which is why Elijah Muhammad was placed in that time frame. He was placed in that time frame. He was born in 1897, placed in that time frame. And like I said, how you know that is because you could tell the president that, you know, that uh, was the president at the time of his birth goes in alignment to the number that he claimed as his own, which was the number seven. It goes in perfect alignment. Same thing with Dr. York. When he was born in 1945, and he came with his movement in the late 60s, early 70s, and it went all the way up until pretty much the early 2000s, right? That was perfect for that time. Those movements all complemented each other, but they had to be movements that were based on our lives here in this society in America. You see, we could not afford to get involved in doctrines that tried to take us away from to other places, get us our minds set up in, oh, we well, we walking around trying to be Arabs and we trying to be Muslims, or we walking around talking about Israel and trying to be Israelites or whatever the case may be, or the so-called Jews, because that's not real. That wasn't real to our people. What was real to our people is what we suffered in racism here in this country as so-called black people. That was real to our people. That we had our identity stripped away from us. That was real to our people that we had to come together as a people collectively, that was real to our people. So we had to address or had to have movements that addressed what was real to our people, what we were going through in the society. And the Nation of Islam addressed that, right? They addressed that, though there were some things in there, you know, due to the uh, person who they claim founded the Nation of Islam, Fawad Muhammad, there were some things in there that was a little sketchy. But, you know, that's to be expected. Those things are necessary for the people of that time frame, the people of that mind frame. And that time frame, they needed that type of doctrine to uplift them, to get them to the next level. Some lived and died in that doctrine. 
and that was the greatest or the highest upliftment they were ever going to get, and that's fine. You got some old times that in the Nation of Islam under Minister Farrakhan today who remember that time, they in their 80s and 90s, they was around the messenger. So that was for them. That was for them, you know, and I respect that. That was the time in which they were raised up, and that was the limit to where they were ready to be raised to, and that was it. But I still respect those elders for their efforts and what they did, how they came out here, and they were trying to focus on the betterment and the upliftment and the evolution of our people. So I respect the Nation of Islam under the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I respect it a great deal and what it produced. That movement was necessary for that time. It was necessary for that time. But as we know, times change. And so when the 70s rolled around and Dr. York came on the scene, that he came in a time where it was more of a pro-black, I'm black and I'm proud, you know, red, black, and green, ancient Egyptian, more of a pro-black, pan-African, ancient Egyptian, you know, type of thing going on. And that's where he set his roots up at. That's what Dr. York said. His roots. Dr. Elijah Muhammad set his roots up in the, you know, the Jim Crow, uh, 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 the Jim Crow era, the um, lynching of black people, things like that. You know, the rampant racism. That's what he set his thing up at. He set his era up in that time frame, in that tumultuous time frame, because his movement fit that time frame. You see, his movement would not fit the time frame of today. You see. He was given a, uh, a movement. He was given a doctrine. He was given a level of understanding that was fit for that time frame and that time frame only. But it was necessary in the puzzle and putting, putting the picture together. So, like I said, Dr. York came, and he his movement was more effective for the time. You see, because everybody was into the afros and braids and the natural thing. Everybody's getting natural and you know embracing that. And Dr. York was there, he was the man to bring that out and embrace that. You know, his movement was for that time, for the same, because we went through that whole age of Aquarius and the age of enlightenment, and we was coming into that, not just as black people, but the whole society, the whole planet was going through that age of enlightenment in the 60s and uh, mid-60s, late-60s, early, all this, up into the, in the 70s and all that. That was the age of enlightenment. That was the age when that comet Bennett came across the sky and ripped the sky. You see, and everybody was open to this new level of intelligence or this level of information that Dr. York was given. You see, and he rose as a great teacher, a prolific teacher, and his doctrine was strong, can't, couldn't be touched. Because you see all these guys talking crap now about Dr. York and his movement. These were guys that when Dr. York was walking around, they weren't saying nothing. They, I, I didn't hear peep out these people. You see, Dr. York's doctrine was strong. He had rappers and everybody wanting to be affiliated with the ancestral law community and the Wapian community, you know, and the, what they were doing out there in Egypt, the pyramids and all the books Dr. York wrote and whatnot. It was fit for that time frame. People were into the whole tep thing. You got a few people still into the whole tep thing and the onks and all of this other business. You got people still into that. But as you can see, that's getting played out the onks and the, you know, the Egyptian symbols and all this other stuff is on its way out. It's getting played out. All of those things, all of those orders, the Freemasons, the ancient Egyptian stuff, Pan-African stuff, all this stuff is played out. It had its run. 
and you got people that are still trying to keep it alive. Why is that? Because those people are locked in the age of belief. They're not coming into the age of intelligence. The age of intelligence is going to force us to use logical and rational thinking when it comes to our future state. When we are heading into our future state, we're going to have to utilize our minds, utilize and focus collectively together and think on a higher level, an extended level, a future level, if we're going to get ahead and get forward as a people. That's the focus. If we're going to start to move, we must move that way. That's why mentelect came. Mentelect was fit for this movement. That's why it came in the 21st century. Mentelect would not have fit in the time frame of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. It would not. Mentelect would not have fit. They would have looked at that mentelect as if it was some kind of crazy talk from another planet. They would have looked at mentelect like some crazy talk from another planet. So the Almond didn't see fit to give mentelect to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. They gave the Honorable Elijah Muhammad early, the early stages, real kindergarten stages of mentelect and certain things that was taught in the nation of Islam. This is why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said to our people, you know, had diagnosed our people as being mentally dead. See, he was dealing with the mental on some level. He knew that our people's problem was a mental problem more than just a racial problem and a social problem. It was a mental problem. He picked up on that. So that's how you know that he took it to the mental part and you know that he was dealing with mentelect on a low level. You see, Dr. York, same thing. He was dealing with mental like on a low level. Why? Because the first book that he wrote was the mind book and behind the nine ball. And these were basically books dealing with our level of thinking, how we receive thoughts. So he was the one they started to train going forward, but they were not able to take it forward because it wasn't within their time frame to do. They took it as far as they could take it. And they gave the people what they needed for that time. That's why Elijah Muhammad said, at the end of all this, my true followers are going to be able to fit in a taxi cab. What he was really saying was, when he said his true followers were able to be able to fit into a taxi cab, was that the real people who are following the supreme power that is going through him, that is not man-made, that is not something that's personality-driven, but something that is truly coming through him, which would have been Amin, those people who are following the vibration, tone, and frequency of the most high, which is Amin, and our higher self, those people who are walking that, those are the people who are going to be few and far in between. He knew that. And then you had those people who became Muslims for real. They started getting caught up in Islam, the religion of Islam for real. So now that Elijah Muhammad was just using Islam as a way to gather our people and correct our people and give our people law, order, and structure. That's the only reason why he was using Islam. He could not do that with Christianity because Christianity was already taken and the whole Judaism thing, the Hebrew thing, pretty much was locked up by the Caucasian Jews, you see. It was pretty much locked up by them. And it was way too many certain uh, laws with that. Things, certain language would have to be learned at that point in time. So he addressed it from a Freemasonic standpoint of Islam. He addressed it from a Freemasonic standpoint, not from the Arabized version, which was is what a lot of his followers ended up going, and they think on some level that they rose or went to some form of evolution by becoming Sunni, Shiite, and Ahmadiyya Muslims, becoming those Orthodox Muslims. They actually went backwards. They went into slavery. Donald Elijah Muhammad was trying to free our people and modernize our people, you know, and using Islam to do it to get them to think forward. But a lot of people, when he passed on, chose to go backwards. So Dr. York picked up where he left off 
and he brought Islam from a more uh, uh, so-called black, aka bronze perspective of Islam, you know, and used that temporarily until he got back and off into the Egyptian thing. I'm not going to go through all of the stages he went through, but they were necessary for that time. After the time frame has passed and a new era has started and a new level of intel has started, then those other studies should be gone. They should be done away with. Like I said, you can't stop people from still practicing. That's fine. But this is giving way to something that's next. Now, the people who are the oldest, the elder ones who stayed in these things and felt they were a part of these things, so be it. That's for them. But for those of us who were not personality-driven, for those of us who were actually following the extended power, their higher power, which was Amun, which we found out, they made their way here. See, they didn't come to the nation of Islam because they were caught up in the personality of Elijah Muhammad or Malcolm X or Minister Farrakhan. They came here for the intel. They came here for the reception, you see. They didn't come here because they was looking to get caught up in me. Well, some, well, most did, but they didn't come here for that. The people came, the people that followed the messenger out was caught up on something higher. It was more of a higher mental connection with him, a soul connection with the messenger that they were, you know, tapping into. So it gave them the ability to follow him and move forward with him and leave the hypocrites behind. Because, see, the hypocrites, they will follow out a doctrine, a belief, because they have become used to it, and they're not going to sit and say, oh, what we were studying all this time was wrong, or we've been, you know, this, you know, we have we have a higher level of intel. These people who get caught up in these doctrines, they're never going to, how you say, uh, they're never going to uh, um, um, succeed, I, I guess that's the word, succeed from or acknowledge that what they were teaching has outlived its usefulness. This teaching, those teachings have outlived their usefulness. And why is that? Because we were headed toward mentelect. Mentelect is the ultimate and the only transmission of extension, of mental extension for our people and great men like the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, Dr. York, guided us to it and guided me to mentelect. Guided me through their messages because I was greatly influenced by the both of them. I wasn't influenced by Garvey. I wasn't influenced by Noble Drawley. I was influenced by the men who focused on our situation in a real way in this time and day now. They didn't sit up here and was talk, wasn't talking about, no, oh, you know, if we get some paperwork and if we get some laws and, you know, we get some laws on the books. Nah, man, I, I can't, I couldn't get with that. That none of that's real with me because in order for that Moorish stuff to be real with for me, in order for me to believe in that and walk around wearing a fez and talk all that law stuff, I would have to trust in the so-called white man to basically obey those laws and honor those laws that I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't trust him like that. Never did. I don't trust in anything he says. So that's why I could never deal with the Moors because it was unrealistic for me to follow people like that who actually believed that the so-called white man would follow some law, some treaty, something that whatever y'all don't cobble together to believe that, oh, they're going to honor that because we're Moors and whatever, man. I didn't have time for that. The messenger and Dr. York, they gave their knowledge. They shared their knowledge in the realest way, the most practical and impressionable way that they could, which is what attracted me to them. I was attracted to those great men and their movements and what they were saying because of the 
practical impression it left upon me. And I wanted to make that same impression upon my people, my followers who walk with me, a practical impression, a strong, real impression, not some spooked out, uh, 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 you know, philosophy or some nonsense that's over people's head. I don't even want to do that. I want to be practical to my people. I want them to listen, listen and die. Yeah, you know what? That makes sense. You know, I can see that happening. Yeah, that's just, you know, they, they can liken it to something. And I've done that. I've given nothing but examples to the things that I'm describing that's going to happen in the future prophecy of our people and where we must go. These other societies, organizations, they still even focused on the past or the present. And that was okay for the 20th century. Not so for the 21st. We have to focus solely on the future. And the only way to focus solely on the future is to sever our connection, the elect of our people. A small number of our people, like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, those people, a small number of people that fit into a taxi cab. That I'm saying is basically the same thing. My true followers are going to be able to fit into a taxi cab. And I mean, when I say I don't mean like one taxi cab, I mean like, you know, I'm just liking it unto a small space true people that are following Amin because that's something that only those who are of the elect can do, who have a higher mind. And people like Donald B. Elijah Muhammad aided and Dr. O aided in raising the minds of our people. And they still doing it from the grave, from the jail cell. They still doing it on some level. They still out here vibrating, you know, rotating everything that they had to say in this cipher of the world. And they've made us an open reception center for that square, that fourth dimensional square of continual intel. They opened it up for us. And for that, I want to say thank you to them. Like I said, they were a great influence and their teachings were for that time, the time frames they came. They were perfect for the time frames they came. And the people who still follow it, that's up to you. That's up to you. I understand you got the older people, the ones who've been in it. You got the people who fixed their mind to it. Same thing with Dr. York people. I understand the people who have a love for that teaching and, you know, and things. That's fine. I'm not trying to take anybody away from it. But we have to know what it is that we truly have come to receive, what is for us, for the elect, those who are moving forward. We have to know. I say that mentelec is forever because mentelec is the only thing that, that gives us total mental exploration and extension. Mentelec is always and forever extending itself. Mentelec is like that, um, that uh, you know, the, the rubber that stretches or, you know, the elastic, you know, what that's what mentelec is. When I spoke about mental elasticity, the ability to adhere and Receive this transmission of mental like proves that you have mental elasticity, meaning that your mind can stretch to the furthest parts and beyond and your imagination to see that what's being described to you, what's being said to you in this transmission is real. Because if you can fathom it that one of any of your senses then and connect to that, then it's real. Your sensory will go in alignment to what's being said. Everything will cut on when you hear it. You will hear it. It'll be like, okay, I can see that. That sound right about right. Picture that. You see, when you say things like I can see that and picture that, you're saying you putting these things in perspective in your mind where it is a clear picture for you because that's how your mind works. Your mind has to 
try to picture something that you're being told in order for you to acknowledge whether it's real or not. Your mind just doesn't accept things on face value automatically. It doesn't. People have to convince you to be that way. When somebody tells you something, the first thing you're trying to do automatically is picture that. You know what I'm saying? Picture how that looks. Picture how that how the how the words sound coming out of your mouth, and you know all these things have to be taken into consideration when you are given a knowledge. You see, people will contemplate it, and if they're able to receive it, they're going to get in line with it. But if they're not, they're just going to toss it to the wayside. You see, more people follow. You got people following those movements because, like I said, it was either for you or not. It was either for you or not. You were either of that or not. Now, a lot of people who were of these things, a lot of people who follow these things, they really didn't acknowledge them to be real. They really didn't. It was only real to the point where they could hide in these teachings and these doctrines and these philosophies, whether they were hiding something, their sexuality, their criminality, whatever, the things, whatever they were trying to hide, they would hide within these communities, within these organizations. Right? And they gave the organizations a bad name, the communities a bad name, because you had people hide within these communities, within these organizations. They had their own agendas. So we had to be mindful of those people, because one thing that society does, they always send in some spy to spy on what your people are doing to see them coming together because they'll always be afraid of our movements, especially when we start to come together. They will always fear our movements when we come together because when we come together, we are the only ones that are really moving. All these groups you see, let me tell you something, all these groups, I don't care if they're Caucasian groups or whatever, all these groups start off on a certain level and then eventually they fall apart, man. They eventually fall apart over time. They don't keep that same energy they had in the beginning. See, because all of these groups go into a rotation. All of these groups of the beast go in a rotation. So they never keep that same energy. They never keep that same energy. All these groups eventually fall apart. They they met they mold into something else like the Ku Klux Klan. A lot of them are coming to white red, red, white supremacists and all this other stuff. But like I said, these groups always either have their time, the heightened time, then they eventually die down. You see, that's what that, that's what happens with that. That's what happens with that when you follow a belief. You see, you don't know what you're logically gathering together for. You're following a belief and an ideology. This is why I said intellect is never going to be based on a belief or an ideology because beliefs and ideology have their time to come and go. Logic and rationale will never come and go. It will be forever. And that's why I said, that's why Dr. York and Elijah Muhammad, their teachings came. And you still got people that keep keeping their movements alive, but they basically came and went because a huge part of their doctrine was still based in belief. And when a huge part of your doctrine is based in belief and you can't really go deep inside your teaching and break it down and, you know, everything is, oh, it's with the whoever said it, the so-called prophet, whoever came behind said, no, we need more. We need more. We need more. We can't have people telling us, oh, brother, you just got to believe. Or, oh, sister, you just got to believe. And this, no, I don't want to just believe. 
And for some of you, it's okay that you just believe. Some of you, it's okay that you just go along and whatnot, even though you don't believe or, or really accept what you're being told. But for some of you, it's okay. For others, the true elect, it is not. For the elect, it's not. That's all. We have not accepted this philosophy of the beast. We have not accepted it. You see? We are constantly that, like you said, we are the constant people who are demanding logic and rational thinking. Whereas those other organizations and groups, they push belief over that. They added a little bit of logic and rationale to it, but they had to give black people what they were used to. Black people being indoctrinated with Christianity, all they understood was beliefs. Black people didn't really understand a lot of thinking. They understood a lot of beliefs. You see? So a lot of those people, a lot of those people were strong-minded and a lot of them were simple-minded. You see? That was because of, that was because of, you know, what happened to them in the society. That was because of what happened to them in the society what was allowed to happen to them in the society, what they allowed to happen to themselves in the society. This is what, again, this is why this movement was necessary. This movement was necessary. And the more this movement becomes necessary to our people, the more they see how necessary it is when they hear this message, because we're in these last days, or and I say these next days to come, well, they're not going to be able to access that information anymore. That all that information, the things that black people once believed in, is going to go out the window, man. The very right now, you at the very forefront of not even being considered a core black anymore. That's being challenged by people like myself and other thinkers who are going to come up behind me, who are going to challenge that whole idea of us being black. But mental like opened the door to the future for our people. Nothing else opened the door. Nothing else was opening the door and being the future to our people. Donald Elijah Lai, Muhammad, and Dr. York, their movements were necessary to be the forerunners to mentalize. That's the only reason the Nation of Islam and, and the Wapians existed. Tell me other, one other reason they existed. You please tell me. Please tell me because most of their followers, most of their followers, no, again, it's not taking no shots at nobody at all, but most of their followers are still stuck in the rotation of the same things. They're still talking about the Quran for the 50 millionth time. Talking about the talking about the ancient Egyptian book of the dead for the fifty million time, ain't nothing going to change. And there's still going to be the book of the dead. It's still going to be the Quran. It's still going to be the Bible. How is that helping our people moving forward? Just just please tell me. How, how is that going to help our people? It was only meant to help our people for a limited part of time. That and that was all it was. Yeah, even Alan Elijah Muhammad knew that. He knew that. What did he say? Did he not? Did the Honorable Elijah Muhammad not tell these people that the, it would come a time when the Quran would expire? Did he not say that? How can a book of God, a so-called book of the Most High, expire? That's what he said. It would come a time where that book would expire, that Quran. Now that time has happened. That book has expired. Hell, even the Arabs don't follow that book no more. They don't really follow the Quran. That's just something they act like they do because it just gives them. Some, a piece of their culture and whether that helps them keep their culture together. You know, the same way the Catholics claim to follow the Bible, the Roman Catholics in them or the Jews can pretend to follow the Torah when they really follow the Tanakh. 
They got their own stuff. You know, they follow, they pretend to follow these books. They don't. They know those books are outdated. It's only you so-called black Muslims, you black Christians, you black Israelites who try to call yourself following a bunch of old, outdated books. But yet you claim that your Messiah is bringing the elect forward and bringing future prophecy. So why is it that you guys are not looking for a following future prophecy? Why are you still following these old, ancient, outdated books about, about a bunch of stories about people who you don't know, who have no relevance in your life? You see, you're taking power away from yourself when you give power to a religion. You're taking power away from yourself, the evolution of yourself and kind. This is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. Those things were good for that time. And like I said, you know, when you like when you see the nation of it, let's let's keep it real. And again, no disrespect. When you see the nation of Islam standing out on the street, the brothers standing out on the street with suits and bow ties. We in 2021, they look outdated as hell. It look like you walked into 1950 or something like that when you see those brothers out there. Tell me I'm wrong. It like you don't walked into 1950 somewhere. You know, or you still see the same diet these guys are following and whatnot. Like I said, it's outdated. Same thing with Dr. York and his people with the onks and all this stuff on the black and gold onks and whatnot. I mean, it's so 80s and 90s. Like, okay, come on. We need something that's continuous. We need something that's ongoing. We need something that's constantly keeping us moving mentally. We don't need nothing that was, you know, that's stuck in the confines of a book. We don't need no belief that's stuck in the confines of a book. We don't need no more primitive things to follow, man. We done passed that. We done passed that. We don't need nobody giving us nothing that's repetitive over and over and over again. We got that. We need an open door. We need an open gate. We need that open gate into the fourth dimension. We need that fourth dimensional frequency because this is where we headed. We don't need to live vicariously through some guy holding a book in the damn in a picture somewhere or some some uh, uh, Arab gods or whoever. We don't. You ain't living vicariously through that or some spook gods as you say. We put a face to the true lords of the universe. We put a face to that, and that's our ascendance. That's us. We put a real face to it because that's what it has always been. It has always been us in the future state. We have always been, it has always been us as the Lord, as the supreme, as the most high in our future state. But now we have fallen to our lowest state, but now we are on the rise. Because we have this intel that is coming from our ascendants to raise us up. We ain't relying on no Caucasians or any no Caucasian doctrines or any uh, Arab, Arab doctrines. Or anything. We're not relying on it to raise us anymore. We're not looking for somebody to give the so-called poor blacks, us poor blacks, a hand and give us some of your, your damn watered-down lunar doctrine to raise us up. No, we got a solar connection, baby. We got a solar connection. We got the damn solar plug. We got the solar plug. We don't need no more of that stepped-on lunar crap. We don't need no more stepped-on lunar garbage. You see, that that lunar doctrine been stepped on. That ain't that raw and uncut. We don't need no stepped-on lunar doctrine. You know how they step on that terminology when they step on some drugs, they step on some dope, or step on some heroin, they come out weak. No, we need that raw and uncut. That's going to get us high forever. 
mentally high forever. We need that raw and uncut that's going to keep us mentally high forever and keep us looking forward. And I'm just sorry, those doctrines are not cutting it no more. They're not cutting it at all. They're not cutting it at all. I'm sorry, they're not. Logic and reality is what's going to carry us through this. Collective logic, reasoning, rationality, looking forward, that's what's carrying us forward into the fourth dimension by way of our sinners, the extension of our mental capabilities, our mental power. That is what is extending us. If you're not talking like that, if you're not talking on that type of level, if you're not focused that way, then you're not saying nothing. You ain't saying nothing in the 21st century. We don't need no uh, retreads. We don't need no 20th century retread. We don't need the 20th century retread. We don't need no more Book of the Dead. We don't need to know what's going on on Nibiru. We don't need to know what's going on in the mother plane. Look, we don't heard all that all before. And for those of you who want to hear that, that's fine. I'm not telling people not to listen to that, you people in the Nation of Islam or you people who are in the Wapians. Again, I'm not taking any swipes at the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Dr. Malachi, the York, but it's not about them. Just like it ain't about Nubin Minkari, it has always been about Amin. See, it has always been about our ascendance and connecting us to our ascendance. Like, the, like Dr. Malachi Z. York said, preparing us like brides for Christ. He used that terminology, brides, a marriage, a merger. You see, a merger really with our ascendancy, our future selves, and our present-day selves to pull us into that state of extension. That's what he was making reference to. That, that's us as the elect. So if anybody's not talking like that, then you know what? We, we don't need them, man. Anybody's still pushing the African-American, black, Negro people lie. We don't need that, man. You see? We don't need that. We don't need nobody sitting up here taking advantage of us anymore. We don't need nobody sitting around telling us, oh, we don't need no community no more. What makes me laugh about a lot of these Negroes, especially black conscious Negroes, they'll sit up here and say, they'll talk about the system of white supremacy, and this is what makes me scratch my head. They'll talk about the system of white supremacy and how bad the system of white supremacy is, and but they, they acknowledge that the so-called powerful system of white supremacy is white people basically sticking together, being on code and working together, and, you know, being community organized and things like that. But then when it comes to so-called black people, these same pro-blacks will say, oh, we can't, we shouldn't get together, you know, that we don't want to be a cult, we don't need no leader, we don't need no community. But you praise the white people by calling them white supremacists and saying they white supremacy and that they the dominant society when they come together. But when we come together, we don't need that or something wrong when we come together. This is where they're coming from. So I ask you, are these people really working in our best interest? These are the people who spoke against the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. These are the people that spoke against Dr. Malachi Z. York. You see, they spoke against great men like that who was pulling our people together, who the beast hated because he recognized the brightness in them. See, the beast recognized the bright people, and he recognized the black people. The beast recognizes the bright people. He recognized the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as a bright man. He recognized Dr. York as a bright man. That's why they had to get them off the scene. Even though they, they did their time, their time was up, they did their time. You see, even though the beast never really got the messenger off the scene, you see, messenger left off when he was done. Now, that's a G. He left off when he was done. He passed on in peace. Now, he was sick, but he passed on in peace. He accomplished his mission for 40 years. He did his thing. Same thing with Dr. York. So he had to be forced off the stage due to other things, 
but he accomplished his mission nonetheless. Nonetheless, and his mission, just like Elijah's, you know, somewhat is still going. People out here contorting and, turn, and twisting up the twisting up the words and the message. But, hey, it is what it is. Like I said, you're always going to have the aftershocks when a strong, natural, uh, uh, a strong, natural power comes through. You're always going to have the aftershocks. These people who come in in the name of these people who set these great movements up, who call themselves trying to continue on, they, they represent nothing but the aftershocks. They're just the aftershocks. They're really not the people who are of that movement or those movements. We'll be right back, uh, really of those movements. We'll be right back.
that we are a people of the mind first and foremost, and the people of the mind are people of continuous power, telepathic power, psychological power, you know, extended mental power, you know. When I said psychological power, the ability to combat, combat psychological submission or sub-transmissions coming at us, that's a power because we can raise over it. See, we in a time where people have been using their minds collectively against us, thinking actively on how to get rid of us or keep us in that circular state. We ain't got time for no beliefs. We need something that can raise us mentally above those who are in enlightenment stage. See, our, the so-called black race, they're in the endarkenment stage. They're in the black stage, the endarkenment stage. This is why black were always raised to or worship that which is light. The humans represent light. The so-called black people represent dark. And we as the almond race, we represent bright. We represent that brightness above the humans, above the so-called black race, which is the subhuman race. The so-called black people, I'm, and I'm going to say this too, under these doctrines, if we, if we start off as the most dominant people on the planet and we are now following behind everybody else, believing we are human, no, the proper term for black people and how white people and all these other races of Caucasians within the human race, how they feel about you, they feel that you are subhuman. They look at themselves as human, and they look at you as subhuman, you so-called black people who follow them, you people who answer to the terminology black. They really see you as subhuman because where does blackness belong? Where does blackness belong? Blackness belongs at the bottom. As the dirt, as the darkness, where does blackness belong? It's at the bottom, even though it's a foundation. That's where they see blackness being. They see blackness at the bottom. They see blackness at the bottom. They see you so-called black people who share their religions, follow behind them, listen to them, and not stand up for yourselves, leading yourselves, standing up in the image of yourselves, for yourselves, and by yourselves, not caring or being concerned with them. They see you as subhuman. They see you beneath them, and that terminology fits. So we're going to start referring to the so-called black races with your so-called Caucasian masters see you as, subhuman. You got the human race, and you got the subhuman race, which is the black people. And then you have the almond race. That is only for the elect, and we must have knowledge that is only for the elect. We must have our own separate transmission that is only for the elect. We're not interested in sharing our transmission. We're not interested in sharing our knowledge or our names or anything about us that we are coming into with anybody, with anybody. We're not interested in getting uh, uh, finding out who who they what they think about what we teaching or what white people think about it or what black people we don't care about what they think about it. What we don't care. Of course, they're not going to think much of it because in their mind we belong in the submental space on the subhuman space. The so-called black race is seen as submental and subhuman to the rest of the human race. That's how they see you, and that's how the so-called white man has trained the world to see you as submental and subhuman. And y'all answer to that every day as black people. You fill that bill as black people. You continue to keep that idea, that idea that the white man has placed on you of being subhuman and submental. You continue to keep that going. Because you don't stand for yourself. You don't stand up for yourself. You reach up to them. You worship the image of the beast. So if you worship the image of these people, you look up to them, then that means they got to look down on you. 
you look up to them. You want to be a part of them. You want to be connected to them. You want to be in alignment with them. So you look up to them. You see that being mixed with them or being connected to them, you see that as a step up. See, we as the bright race see it as a step down. But you will always look at us for seeing it that way, and you will say, oh, y'all guys are racist, you a cult, you this, you that, you third, because you don't want nobody interrupting your ass kissing. You don't want nobody interrupting your wannabe uh, uh, emotions and movements when y'all trying to play like y'all pro-black, when you just really want to be a part of what's co- what you're calling white supremacy. A lot of these pro-blacks, they want to be white. They want to be part of the system of white supremacy. They want that, and these two movements try to combat that in a lot of our people. But now it seems like even these movements want to be, you know, in connection with so-called, quote-unquote, white supremacy. They want to sit at the table of so-called white supremacy. They all, all of these black organizations now do because they really have no reason for continuing on. They really don't. A lot of them are played out. They're not in the mindset or in the conscience of the people any longer. So now all they can do is sit up here and try and create controversy around their name, create controversy around their organizations, create some kind of, you know, and it's not working because it's not touching the people, the people that need to be touched. Because one of the things that was the problem with a lot of these organizations was they kept trying to reach out to too many people. You don't try to reach out to too many people. You reach out to the people you need to reach out to. Having things for so-called, quote-unquote, black people, doing things for so-called, quote-unquote, black people is a waste of time. You're trying to mine out the best ones like we're doing right here. We didn't make a message for black people. We done been there, done that already. That whole black thing is played out. That whole black thing is played out, just like the whole white thing is played out. You see? But a lot of people want to keep that going because they have an agenda. You got people, keep by keeping that going, that serves a purpose to certain people. That serves a purpose to certain people to keep that going. That whole black and white thing going, it serves a purpose. And we are bigger than the purpose. We are beyond the purpose. We are beyond the purpose. Those movements were good for that time. And when those who are moving into the future time, into the next time, for us, it's no good for us anymore. It's no good. Not taking anything from the teachers, but we must realize what is practical for our people, what is on time for our me- for our people, what message is practical and on time for our people. We don't need no more, we don't need to be misled anymore because those teachings, I'm going to tell you something what happens with those teachings. Those teachings are good for the time frame which they're in. When you start teaching past the time frame of those teachings, they become a form of misleading people. They become a form of, you know, uh, um, putting people in a trick bag or, you know, basically throwing people off. You start to mislead the people when you teach a doctrine past the time. It's the same thing when you eat food that's past the time with cooking, when the food can no longer be cooked, when something spoils, when it can no longer be left out, it has its time of expiration. That's the same way with these movements that came before mentelect. They had their time of expiration. And you can see that a lot of these people who are trying to, to resurrect those movements, it's like they're trying to get people to drink spoiled milk. They're trying to get people to drink the spoiled milk, the milk that unexpired a long time ago. 
with the real teachers that came in sincerity and taught this message. They're trying to get those people who stepped in their place, who are trying to keep these teachings and these doctrines going, they done drunk the spoiled. They're trying to get the people to drink the spoiled milk that has expired. That's what they're trying to do. By still pushing Islam on our people, Egyptology on our people, Christianity on our people, Israelitism on our people, Pan-Africanism on our people, metaphysics on our people. All this stuff is played out in the 20th century, man. That's, we, we're, not in the, we're not in the age of information and belief anymore. We're in the age of intelligence and rational and logical thinking and what comes through that, what we are actually seeing, what we are able to process. That requires a higher level of transmission, a higher level of intel, a knowledge or a teaching that is going to come and raise a higher level of people that's going to challenge our people. And that is what Mentelec is doing. That's why Mentelec is a movement of this time and going forward. After Mentelec, there will be nothing else. Everything after Mentelec is just the fourth dimension. This is all magnetic pulsations and pulls into the fourth dimension. After the third, ain't nobody going to come back on no fourth time starting up no um, fourth or fourth um, community, no fourth organization. This is it. This is what is going to take us from the third dimension and into the fourth. Do y'all hear me? This is the train, the three train, into the fourth dimension. Y'all follow me? Ain't gonna be no fourth person coming, starting no movement. Ain't gonna be no fourth person coming. They're gonna do a, a higher level of mental life. If somebody come talking like that, disregard. That's a nigga that want to be a leader. There'll be no body being raised up off of this. The only raising up is being done is being raised up as a collective into the fourth dimension. This is the teaching that's going to bring us forward into our mental capabilities. Ain't nothing else coming after mental act. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Ain't nothing coming with mental act. Ain't nothing coming on the sides of mental act. Mental act is going to encompass all of the circumference, all of the square, all of it. Mental life will encompass everything, the third and the fourth dimension. You follow? Mental life will outbrighten everything. Mental life will not overshadow everything. It will outbrighten everything. Do y'all hear me? There will be a bright out when mental life comes on the scene. As mental life is becoming strong, it's already on the scene. As mental life is becoming stronger, it will outbrighten everything. It will expose all flaws in the doctrines. It will bring forth new levels of thinking. That's what mental life is meant to do. It will outbrighten every, even the so-called philosophies of the beast. You see? So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Amen has always lived in the elect. Amen has always lived in the elect. Amen is re Tredging or regenerating the elect Extending the elect There is nothing else After us There is nothing else There is nothing else as we are here There is nothing else coming Oh yeah they teaching the mental like They teaching on a higher level too No it ain't It's only going to be one movement man There's only going to be one movement Just like in the back in the day Everybody was talking about the nation of Islam They weren't talking about the Moorish science temple Like there's no shot to no shout no uh, um, shot at Noble Drawley, but he was the man for that time. It was Elijah Muhammad. Nobody, when Dr. York was on the scene, wasn't nobody talking about these conscious dudes. They was, Dr. York was the man. That's what the teaching of that time. These men, these great men were forerunners to mentally. 
They were forerunners to this teaching that the Amun wanted to bring forward to spark the elect going forward. So, again, we don't need no other movement after this. There is no room for no other movement. Next stop after this is the fourth dimension, and we're going to be a collective body within that mentally through mental powers, through mental capability and the connection and the regeneration of our children and our bloodline. That's where we're trying to go. That's what the Alambri Elijah Muhammad and Dr. York were being utilized to put us in alignment to do because without the both of them, there would be no me. Without the both of them, there would be no me. Without their influence, I wouldn't be here. I can say that. They aided me getting here. I give them all the credit. Okay? But that's what they were meant to do. We'll be right back.
in the almond race of which we are we don't need nothing else after that after we know who we are we are collectively together and we know the reason why we are together we know that our true role is to keep law and order and reestablish and restore law and order on earth through our ascendants who are going to give us that connection that link through the fourth dimension and thus raise us into the fourth dimension as one mind one body and one soul is the almond race then we don't need any more doctrines any more teachings we don't need anything else we will be generating intellect on even higher levels to these upper dimensions. All we are doing is extending. The whole goal is to extend our mental capabilities to get forward into that place and to get our place or get our role over the earth again as the law and the order of the earth and thus receive our power on earth. That's all we in it for. Once we receive that, what else we need? We will constantly be regenerating that power, making that power stronger, and keeping these humans in line, these grays. The grays are the ground rays, and we are the upper rays. We are the 
high rays. We are the extended rays. And the grays are nothing but the ground rays. They are the ground receivers. That's what the grays are. They are the ground receivers. That is what your humans will morph into. They will become the grays, the ground receivers of our high reception. We are the sky grays. You see? Y'all follow what I'm saying? The grays are nothing but another way of saying the ground rays, the receivers of our transmission. They will follow our order and our transmission. We will bring the serpentine forward in all of the third dimension, and we will rule from the fourth dimension. We do not need any more leaders and teachers. This is the last. And what will be elected after that will be a region of leaders from the fourth dimension, those of the upper mind, and it will all still be mentelect. It will all still be mentelect. Mentelect is what we've come for. Amen is who we come for, the identity of who we are, what our connection is to the most high. We don't have to believe in any more gods, any more devil. We don't have to accept any more inferior beliefs. We don't have to accept any more inferior philosophies of these humans. That's over with. That's over with. Once we have accepted that we are the almond race, not the human race, once we have accepted that we move on the mental and they move on the mental, once we have accepted that we are of the fourth dimension, they are of the third and whatnot, once we have accepted what our true destiny is to restore law and order on earth as from the fourth dimension as it's supposed to be taken forward as the elect, as we have accepted that we are mentalians on earth and that we are species by Amen. once we have accepted all this reality, that we have our own language, that we have our own names, that we have our own reception, that we have our own language, we have all of this now. What the hell else can anybody give us at this point? And we're going to have all of our mental capability going forward. What the hell else anybody going to give us going forward? We have everything. We're in alignment to have everything, have access to these upper dimensions. What the hell are teachers going to come on the scene at this point and teach us? Or what the, are we going to get looking back at these other organizations? You tell me. You tell me what we're going to get from people who still thinking we black, who still thinking that we, uh, we we supposed to serve some God, some Arab God, or some Christian God, or some Israel God, or some lunar God, or some or fear some damn devil. We, what, we, what the hell are they going to give us? Or sit, sit up here and still believe in the so-called white man and his, his black nonsense. Nah, man, we done passed that. That's over with. Ain't nobody giving us nothing. They ain't, they ain't got nothing to give us. They don't have anything to give us. So when you hear these niggas come up here talking about, oh, yeah, well, there's some higher knowledge. Yeah, there's some higher knowledge than what, when, when, what new been talking about. Where? Where? Show me. Please show me. Show me who's teaching higher than mental health. Please. Black, white, or anything else. Tell me. Tell me right now, and I'll stop teaching. That's how much I stand on this. You tell me right now. I'll wait. And if anybody listening, they know the number. They know the number. Six four. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, three one nine five two seven six zero two eight. That's the number. You tell me who's teaching a higher knowledge than mental health. A higher transmission. We don't change the language. We out here changing the language amongst the so-called black race. That's how powerful mental life is becoming. We change in language. We change in people's direction. We taking people off the path of misdirection and putting them on the path of direction, even though they still misdirected. But we we changing them. You know, people following mental act, changing up. Oh, now it's all about intelligence. Now, now it's all about logic and rational thinking. Now, now it's all about the um, like you, Moist Watkins. You talking about? Oh, this is only for intelligent black people. You're th- you wasn't talking like that before, Moist Watkins. 
You wasn't putting up red, blue, and gold like you did before Kumar and Umar Johnson. You wasn't putting that up, throwing that up, that red, blue, and gold. You was red, black, and green. You see? So you guys, like I said, man, you guys, you know, you guys, you guys have been talking about the ancient, the ancient uh, uh, um, um, people and where we come from in America. Y'all still trying to steer clear of that. You so-called Israelites wasn't talking about uh, uh, no fourth dimension. Y'all wasn't talking like that, Chronicles of Judah. Y'all wasn't talking like that. You don't even know what the fourth dimension is or the third dimension for that matter. You guys wasn't talking like that. I upgraded a lot of you niggas in y'all teachings. And I'm going to say something else. You people that got a problem with my language, you people say, oh, I would listen to New Ben Minkari's, but his language. And Let me tell you something. The language for that time in which the messenger was um, teaching, you know, where they didn't curse back then, they didn't really curse, you know, that was considered to be taboo. That's the time the Alibi Elijah Muhammad and them grew up in. Those people didn't curse back then. My grandfather was around in the age of the messenger. My grandfather was born in 1899, right? The messenger was born in 1897. He was two years older than my grandfather. My grandfather was born in 1899, my father's father. So they didn't curse. They didn't really curse like that. They come up down south like them. They didn't use real, like, profanity. They didn't start really using profanity heavy into the so-called black who got into the city. And see, once we got into the city and we got around these Caucasians and we heard that type of language from them, we heard some of this stuff in the south. But, you know, people started to be more free with that type of language. So I get why people didn't really curse and things like that coming out of the church system, coming out of, you know, when they come going into Freemasonry, going into Islam, you know, they come up with not using foul language so or so-called quote-unquote foul language, you know, because that was supposed to be considered as that message said baby talking, you know, foul. But like I said, that was for them. When we got more into these inner cities, like Dr. York said, you know, you know, they started being a little more free with it, but they still had that stigma of not using certain language and whatnot, you know, not being as raw and uncut. And I get that. They was, you know, picking up. And even to this side, I was sensing myself as far as using too much of that. But if I should happen to use that kind of language, so what? So what? I'm using to get a point across. And sometimes a good cuss word or a good, is like a good damn exclamation point. A good curse word is like a good exclamation point because if I say, you know, such and such and such are people, and I say I'm motherfucking people and such and such and such and such, you're going to remember that a little bit harder because it was – we still see that language is drastic and harsh. Like I said, I'm not random with it. I say it to make a point, a hard point. Sometimes hard points have to be made. That's why I do that. For these people that have a problem with, oh, I can listen to Newbin because Newbin curse sometimes. He be cursing. And say, so what? Now all of a sudden y'all got a problem. Y'all got a problem with cuss words. Now all of a sudden you got a problem with cuss words, really? Right, right, right. You really think, and that's why I tell people all the time, yeah, you know, I've curbed my language somewhat when I when I feel the need to. I don't really have to. But like I said, it's more of an expression than anything. Sometimes when you turn it up and, you you know, you got that that thing pulsing, especially when I'm talking about the so-called black race, I might say anything out my damn mouth because, you know, I'm just disgusted with the so-called black race. I'm disgusted with black people and how they are, their mentality, their submental and their 
Uncle Tom slave mentality still playing this black and white thing, and I'm, I'm just disgusted. So anything might come out my mouth. You're going to have to forgive me. But if that's what keeps you away from listening to mental act, then you ain't supposed to listen to mental act. You go ahead and join the Nation of Islam where they talk nice or join the Nawapi and where they don't use certain kind of language. They talk nice and they conscious of the language, yet you got people out here that's full of shit and, you know, that's, that's, that's claiming a book that's claiming a nation, that's claiming all these things, and they really don't believe in none of it. They really just they really just going along to get along. They really spiritually in alignment with these goddamn cave dwellers. They really spiritually in alignment. They are spawned from cave dwellers. They wanna they aspire to be like the goddamn cave dwellers. You see? So I don't really care what the cave dwellers think or these niggas that come here to serve the beast. I'm trying to put across that, oh, we have to talk like this. And oh, we have to talk like this. And, and listen, man, whether you're talking with no curse words or whether you're using some, a few curse it don't matter. The people who are really sincere, they're going to walk with you, and they're going to feel the passion of what you're saying. They're going to be like, that's going to be their point, too, because we fought past that. Oh, we got to talk like this. But we shouldn't say that. And we, Nah, man, we passed that. We, we should be past that. Grow up. Grow the hell up, man. We Who the hell y'all niggas still trying to impress? Oh, that's right. You don't want the white man to hear us cursing. We want to sound nice and intelligent and educated. You want to be well-spoken like Minister Farrakhan. And, you know, you want to put on that. You know, you want somebody like that. I'm not Minister Farrakhan. I'm not trying to be. I speak real. I speak raw sometimes. I speak from the soul. And that should come across to those people who listening to me that he speaks from the soul. I'm not trying to speak from some some contrived place and I'm trying to sound like what y'all want me to be. The hell with that, man. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. I'm new to Minkares, but You see, like I said, y'all know me. Those of you who have seen me, that have been around me, I am who I am on the mic and off the mic. I'm the same person. I don't switch up and change up. I don't play presto change, yo. I'm, I'm talking like this and I'm not you. And I, no, man. How I am, how I am when I talk to y'all is the same. That's because that's I'm real. I don't need to impress nobody. I'm not interested in impressing people. I'm interested in impressing a message upon people and making an impression on people through this message. And like I said, if for people to say, oh, brother, you'll reach so many more people if you don't curse and you take that language out. Like I said, I don't got no problem with that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But don't be surprised if you hear a little something from time to time. Don't be surprised if something come out. Don't be surprised if I tell you, yo, put the babies to bed. This is a raw and uncut. It's coming out like that. Just accept it as it is. It ain't going to always be nice. You see, it ain't going to be, it ain't going to always be nice. It ain't going to always be bad. It ain't going to be always be good neither. You see, it's however it comes out because it's meant to do that, make an impression. It's meant to make an impression. Again, you should be feeling the vibration and the tone and the frequency beyond just the words and the power in what's being transmitted to you. You should be feeling that more more than just the words. It should take on, that's why I said it's supposed to take on a quadruple meaning to those who are of the elect. It's supposed to take on a quadruple meaning in these messages. So like I said, that is, I'm only interested in the elect. The elect are coming and they're going to come in a lot of times. This generation that's used to turning up and hearing that kind of music and hearing that kind of that kind of language, they're going to come to this message a lot faster than you old niggas would, man. 
uh, the young guys, they'll, the young guys, the young girls, they, they'll appreciate the realness of this message, that somebody, they'll have a lead that will turn up, that will use the language they'll use, and they ain't going to take no shit. They'll, they'll, they'll appreciate the reality of the realness in my voice and the realness in my stance to run this community much more than you old niggas that's sitting around here talking about, oh, well, why he got tough like that? I don't like that he tough. I'm not trying to talk like nothing for you niggas. I'm not. You ain't joining the Republican intellect anyway. If I if I took all the curses out and everything, you niggas ain't joining the Republican man. Y'all so phony. I'm not. We not. We're not interested in the phoniness. In fact, sometimes I just be Negroes out. Those those you think is sweet in here, who got a problem with certain things. I, why he got to Why he got to say it like? Why can't just be like what? Don't be real about it. Don't use that kind of language. It offends you. Don't listen. Don't join. I'm going to be who I'm going to be because Amon chose me to be that. So let me go ahead and read this question before you get out of here. Why are there different movements for different generations? Because we all come through different circumstances. We all come through different times and whatnot, and certain things offer certain times in the mind frame and the time frame of people, certain things are just for them to receive at that time, and that's it. And the language that it's supposed to be in, like I said, that time of nice, the niceties and the, you know, the, the, the niceness and all this, you know, politeness and all this, of uh, the time of the messenger, that time done come and gone, man. That time come and gone. That genteel type of thing, even in rough times, that come and gone. That pro-black, you know, fight the power, black power, black, whatever, black, black, like that time is gone, man. Looking back at the ancient pyramids, that time is gone, man. We've been there, done that. Been there, done that. So we need a real movement for the real time that's going to be generated by our mind power. We need a movement that's going to be generated by our mind power. And I have set that up in the Republican mental life, giving our people the identity, the real identity as mentalians, as a nationality, as an internationality of mentalians, with our own language, as mentalists as our ideology, our own language, our own names, our own community, our own race of lords, our own hierarchy. I gave that to our people by way of our ascendance. I gave it to us, brought it forward to our people. That's all we're doing is looking forward, man. Which uh, generation are we? We're the fourth generation. We're generation three going into generation four, man. we really generation four, gathering in generation three. we really generation four, fourth dimension. Uh, what does each generation represent? Upliftment toward the fourth. Upliftment toward the fourth. The fourth has always been the mission and the trajectory and the mission that we were headed toward the fourth dimension. What is this generation for? This generation is for the regeneration of our people and the extension and the mind of Amen to bring us forward in alignment as the Amen race. What is this generation supposed to do in the future? Raise the elect. And continue to raise the elect by the power of Amen. That's what this. That's what is supposed to happen. The continuation, the raising of the elect. But that's it. We're gonna close out in the name of Amen, by the power of Amen, and Amen we trust, and Amen we thank, and Amen we continue forward forever. I am the intellectual newbie Menkari. This has been Mental Radio. I'll see you guys back in the morning. Good night. <laughs>